Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Uh, we have a lot going on um, at the border. The border is a hot topic. It was a hot topic uh, four or five years ago when Donald Trump came down the escalator. And that was really one of his major issues, uh, said to be a controversial issue. Uh, but ultimately, in my opinion, it's not very controversial. We follow the law and that's that simple. Um, but there's a lot going down on the border. And quite frankly, there's a lot that we don't know, um, in part because of the mainstream media and what they report and don't report. But it certainly is um, a problem. And uh, today I have with me, uh, my guest today is Rachel Dalguidice. Uh, she's a con congressional reporter and podcast co-host for The Daily Signal. Rachel, welcome. Jerry, thank you so much for having me. It's such a treat to be with you today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I, we've been trying for this for a long time. And looking for <laughs> we a great, finally worked it out. Yeah, we're, we're looking for a great topic and there's so many. And, um, you know, the reason we, we came up with this one is because um, in your role as a reporter with uh, the Daily Signal, uh, you went to the border and just recently got back and uh, you're putting forward a, a documentary series. Can you uh, just explain what the series is, the essence of what it's going to talk about, and then we'll get into maybe some specifics in a, a, after that. For sure. Yeah. So uh, I have been to the border four or five times, but actually this year in 2021, I've already been twice. So more than the vice president who's been tasked with uh, overseeing the crisis border. And so we went down and our goal was to talk to ranchers, law enforcement, and also uh, people affiliated with the border patrol about what's really happening at the border. Because what we've been hearing consistently in mainstream news is that the Biden administration inherited really a broken system at the border and that, um, you know, it was already a crisis and, you know, they really haven't taken any responsibility. But what the fact of the matter is and what we were told when we went down there is that things had dramatically improved. There were much fewer crossings. Um, and actually the Border Patrol released their uh, numbers, Custom and Border Enforcement released their numbers yesterday, I believe. And they are the highest they've been for April in over two decades. So that narrative we've been hearing uh, is false. The numbers prove that. So uh, we went down to the border about three weeks ago. It was my second time uh, this year. And we talked with uh, Brandon Judd. He's the president of the Border Patrol Council. And he talked a lot about what they're seeing uh, as Border Patrol agents, how Border Patrol agents have felt really overwhelmed. He's been also in the Border Patrol for over 22 years. So he has that, you know, that knowledge, that institutional knowledge of how the Border Patrol works, but also as part of the Border Patrol Council, which is a union of Border Patrol uh, members. He was speaking on behalf of what they're seeing on their day to day. And he was explaining to us, uh, there's a segment uh, section of mountains called the Wachu Mountains uh, in Cochise County. And there had been no wall there for a very extended period of time. And he said after the wall was built in that area, they saw a dramatic decrease in crossing. So he was just saying what the wall has done. It's very instructive of how it has really helped in uh, agents 
stopping crossings. And he said a lot of people, we talked a lot about the wall and how people feel uncomfortable about it or don't like it or feel it's uh, not the right thing to do. And from his perspective, he was saying that the wall is a huge deterrent. So even if people do end up getting over the wall, when you have a wall there, um, it slows people down. So the radar will pick up people who are trying to either um, cut the wall, like solder it open or climb over it. And he said that amount of time that the radar picks up these people and they're trying to scale the wall, that usually gives them enough time to send someone out. So even though it doesn't stop everything, it's a huge aid to them in basically time in responding to people coming across. Uh, we also talked to his vice president, one of his vice presidents of Border Patrol Council. His name is Art Del Cueto. And his parents actually are immigrants from Mexico. And Art had such an interesting perspective one that we never hear uh, in the mainstream media uh, because Art's parents were born in Mexico, came to the U.S. legally, and Art was just saying how he's concerned for the future of this country as, you know, his parents are immigrants. He, you know, is Mexican. He's American as well because he was born in this country, uh, but he says he's concerned for the future of this country, his children, grandchildren, because when you have all these people coming over illegally, a lot of times uh, when people do something illegally, they don't always follow the law legally in that country. And he said, you know, he's concerned for the future. And uh, he said a lot of the people that he talks to coming over, obviously his heart goes out to them because they're, you know, sometimes coming from bad situations. Sometimes they're being trafficked. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, in every case, basically, and people don't know this, but it is the cartels that are bringing everyone over. I mean, it's not just families crossing on their own. It's not just like a group of like 25 year old guys that are like, oh, hey, we think we're going to, you know, come into the US. The cartel controls everything. So everyone pays the cartel some amount of money. It depends where you're coming from uh, and where you are entering the country, you know, whether it's Mexico or you know, from Mexico to Texas or Arizona or California, depends on where you're going, you pay the cartel. So the cartel controls everything. It's not just the drugs, they control the people. And so that's a huge aspect of what's going on here. So we talked to Brandon Judd and Art Del Cueto, and then we also spoke with uh, a rancher who has had a ranch in his family for over 120 years. His name is John Ladd, and he talked to us all about the different things that ranchers face, war ranchers face when illegals come over. He told us it's between 30 and 40 percent more expensive to have a ranch on the border because of all the different repairs that have to happen. A lot of times he says uh, when illegal immigrants come over, they'll cut water lines on the property because they're thirsty and they want to get a drink. But then these water lines are now gashed and then, you know, hundreds of gallons of water are just lost because they're just spilling out of these cut water lines. So those have to be repaired. He said a lot of times they'll leave trash and then his cattle that he's raising to sell will die. So that incurs a cost. Uh, he said he's vehicles stolen from his property, um, cut fences like when you went when we toured his ranch, there are a bunch of fences we saw where you know the wire had been cut and that has to be repaired and cows will escape onto the highway and get hit by cars. So there's just so many practical things uh, to the situation that we don't think about. Uh, so we spoke with him and then we also spoke with uh, Sheriff Mark Daniels, who's the sheriff of Cochise County. And they have about, I believe, 80 miles uh, of border that runs along uh, the county, this Cochise County with Mexico. And so he sees firsthand uh, the drug war every day. He sees firsthand the impact on his community. And one of his deputies told me, and I never heard this before, uh, Jerry, but it really put in perspective what is happening at the border and for rancher families, especially. He said, imagine if you had 300 
cross through your backyard every month, like of your house. Like imagine if you had to deal with, you know, just 300 people coming through. And he's like, a lot of times that's what border ranchers deal with. And it really put in context for me um, how serious this, this issue is. So those are the folks that we talked to. Uh, this documentary that I'm doing, it's going to be about a four-part series. So we'll have our conversation with Art, we'll have our conversation with Brandon, with Sheriff Daniels, and then with the rancher, John Ladd, all coming out within the next, I would say, three to four weeks or months. So just stay tuned to the Daily Signal. The trailer's out. I believe, uh, Jerry, you're going to show it at some point during our conversation. Uh, but people can watch the trailer and then follow the Daily Signal for the upcoming uh, segments of this documentary. Yep, absolutely. I'll, I'll, um, I'll pull it up and we'll, we'll show the, uh, the promo right now. It, it was really good. Um, but, you know, as I'm doing that, you know, what you're describing is um, you're describing chaos and lawlessness um, that is that occurs and, and the costs involved in that. And and, you know, really the, the sadness, quite frankly, of the, the trafficking and, and the like that that is occurring. And that's why we have a border and that's why we have border enforcement is to curtail all of that um, so here, here's the uh, promo president biden has been in office for less than three months and we have never seen an explosion in illegal immigration like what we're currently experiencing biden signed the executive order overnight it started back up again and now they're catching at least 50 a day on the ranch and when people sit in washington dc and say we don't have a humanitarian issue on the border you need to come spend 24 hours with my team. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully you expect a certain amount of policies to change under a new administration. What is hard to understand is that they've removed policies that were uh, effective and replaced them with no policies whatsoever. The biggest difference with the people coming now is when Border Patrol catches them, they tell them, they said, we're gonna stay here no matter what you do to us because your President Biden wants us. You can really pick up on how, like what, I guess how frustrated, how concerned and how chaotic it is right there and how serious it is. And I think that's what the media just is completely missing. And it's sad, I mean, as they were describing to us, Art, he mentioned it in the trailer, like, you know, these people come from, you know, hard places and some of them don't, some of them are, you know, just paying the cartels to come over and then others of them, they're being trafficked and it's so sad and it ends up becoming, you know, if they can't pay the cartels and they're basically indentured servants in this country. So there's basically slavery in this country until they pay off the cartels. And I mean, you know, unless law enforcement hears about it and gets involved, there's nothing that can be done. So that's something um, that's happening in this country that is a huge violation of, you know, people's rights of their freedom. And that's something that is part of this border conversation that he isn't talking about, but it's something that's happening right under our noses, like let alone the situation of safety of the drug cartels of people. The sheriff talked about people that he's found that have, you know, died checking on their ranches, whether they've been killed by the cartels or, you know, were in a pursuit. He told us of a carjacking that happened the week we were there. So about Four, three and a half to four weeks ago, uh, there was a woman that had been jogging in a park and she went to go back to her car and she was trying to like turn the ignition and um, what they expected, I think two or three illegals came over and were trying to get into her car and steal her car and harmed her. There was another story he told us in another national park 
uh, where um, a park worker, I think was giving maintenance to one of the restrooms. I think it was the ladies restroom and um, her head was bashed in with a rock from an illegal immigrant and she passed away. So these are stories that are sad to hear, but you know, things we need to be have top on our minds as we're trying to educate ourselves about this crisis and also speak to those who you know, may be following mainstream media and aren't being told the true story. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really interesting how, um, you know, on one hand, you'll have, you know, the Biden administration say that uh, now is not the time to come, right, that they've they've said that, but yet throughout the um, throughout the campaign, he and the other others that were running for the Democrat nomination, for example, were, were saying, hey, we need to rush the border, or they need to rush the border. And they were talking about and we they voted on. Uh, giving illegal immigrants stimulus, giving illegal immigrants health care, all this stuff. And so, you know, you can say one thing, hey, don't come. We need to enforce the borders. And the other hand, you say, OK, you, you come, we'll give you virtually everything. Um, so w- where are these people typically coming from? So you hear a lot about um, unaccompanied minors. I think that's the biggest one. And they want everyone to feel like, oh, my God, there's these little kids that are traveling hundreds of miles, I suppose, uh, where are they coming from? And what is the issue with this unaccompanied minors? What's going on? I mean, they're coming from everywhere, to be honest, Jerry. I mean, they're coming from Central America, Guatemala, obviously Mexico, Honduras. But the larger conversation that isn't being had is there's also people coming from the Middle East. I mean, there's people, they're coming from everywhere. They're coming from China. I mean, the Border Patrol I mean, it's basically like the UN at the border. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, make it seem to sound crazier than it is, but that's basically what's happening. Um, and what's happening with the unaccompanied minors is that, um, well, okay, so what happened recently is the Border Patrol decided to do, uh, they're doing DNA testing now. So they're trying to mitigate the trafficking of these minors that are being brought over and then recycled and brought over again by the cartels, just so that they're constantly bringing people over and constantly getting paid and they're having families come over, but they're not actually families because they're not related. And so they instituted DNA testing. So they're trying to sort out what's happening with these unaccompanied minors. But I think in other cases, they just have, you know, a group of like 10 or 15 kids and what is happening is parents are sending their kids over. They're paying the cartels to bring their kids over and then they're finding work in the U S and, I mean, it is a scary situation and these parents, I'm sure want the best for their children. In some cases, I know in others, there's trafficking going on and that's not good, but what needs to happen is, I mean, I respect the border patrol for reinstating this DNA testing. And I think from here on out, obviously like, you know, there needs to be discussion about immigration reform. How do we do this? Uh, You know, maybe streamline the process. So it's a little bit easier for people to come over. But for these children to be put on this treacherous journey, I mean, I think, you know, regardless of, you know, wanting to build a better life, to send your child on a journey by themselves uh, to do that with the cartels, like that's just not, it's not safe. It's not the best way to go about things. So they are trying to mitigate it and figure out what's happening and stop this through the DNA testing. Uh, But that was just recently instituted. So trying to work out some of the situation uh, there. But to answer your question, they're coming from everywhere. I mean, they're coming from Central America and Guatemala and Honduras, but they're also coming from Middle East, China, anywhere in the world. And so that's why, I mean, there have been people, the Border Patrol told us, uh, the Border Patrol Council, on terrorist watch lists 
that they have found at the border. And so they are totally leveraging this um, in their favor, so to speak, to get into the United States and uh, meet up with their counterparts here. And that's a huge, 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 I mean, no one needs to, me to tell them what a huge national concern, national security concern that is. Um, but that's happening right under our noses. And so for the Biden administration to say over and over and over again, you know, this isn't a crisis, this is under control, they're completely misleading the American people. And then, you know, as you mentioned, they do say, well, this is not the time to come. But then, you know, there was a press conference with the president maybe about two months ago. And this reporter uh, from a mainstream outlet stood up and asked the president, like, you know, people are coming over because you're such a, you know, benevolent, welcoming man. And, you know, they're, you know, they're less afraid of you than they were President Trump. And the media, again, they're almost, they're, they're speaking, you know, in their kind of like the fourth estate that they are saying like, oh, you know, this is good. This is why this is happening. And I think the conversation instead needs to be about the public safety of American citizens the safety of these people coming over. I mean, this is not safe at all for those who are coming over, especially these kids. And then where we were in Cochise County, um, that's where a lot of the drug trafficking happens. So uh, a lot of times you'll see those unaccompanied minors or families coming into McAllen, Texas. And the reason why they funnel over there is because Texas does have larger facilities to uh, basically take these people in and process them. But in Cochise County, I mean, it's a lot of ranches and it's a lot of wide open spaces and they don't have the facilities. So that's where you have all of these drug cartels flooding over. And so these people are males like 18 to 35 and they're just packing drugs. And a lot of times they'll come over with a load of drugs. They'll be high because they're making this journey and they're pumped up on whatever they're you know smoking or you know putting into their body. And then they'll cross back and forth. There've been people that they've caught multiple times that they just make this journey and they turn right around and go back again. It's wild. And there's a school that's about, I would say maybe 20 minutes from um, one of the ranches we were at. Um, it's called Palomino's Elementary School and it's in Cochise County. And that elementary school goes on lockdown regularly because the cartels will drop their loads, which is their packages of drugs, basically across the street from the school to the next person who's going to take them the next leg of the journey of, the, of these drugs. And the school will go on lockdown regularly. And one of the uh, sergeants in the area who works with Sheriff Daniels, uh, Sergeant Tim Williams, had told me that uh, his kids are used to this happening. I mean, imagine your school going on lockdown because there's a drug cartel outside and you're concerned for your safety. Again, something I never heard from the media until actually going down there, you know, standing across from the school, across the street from it and seeing it for myself. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the real situation of what's happening right there right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I I'm very, very suspect of this whole unaccompanied minors thing. And, I, and it's good to see that they're doing DNA testing. Obviously that takes time. Um, but I, I can't imagine um, things being so bad for a family in in their country that they would send a child on their own, maybe with a group of other kids, I guess, I don't know, on hundreds of miles of journey, where are they going to get food? Where are they going to get? Unconscionable. It's unconscionable. Where are they going to get water, um, healthcare, if they're not feeling well, and just show up in another country and say, go for it, kid. Things are so bad in you know Mexico or wherever that I'm going to put them through that journey. I I'm very suspicious that there's that anyone would do that. And 
you know, why we should as a country have to take them in. Um, we, we want to be compassionate, but we don't want them to go in that. Um, so let's talk about real quick, um, kids in cages, right? Because apparently it was no big deal when Obama and Biden did it. It was a big deal when it continued under Trump, which is it's, there's not really kids in cages like dog cages. They're housing unaccompanied minors. And it's suddenly again, not a big deal now that Biden's doing it in unprecedented numbers. Did you see the cages? Did you see that situation? And, and what was the talk from um, from Border Patrol and the like about it? Yeah. So where we were in uh, Cochise County, Arizona, there were none of those facilities. So we didn't get to see any of that. And it's been extremely hard. I'll note this this to Jerry for the media to get into some of those spots. So there's been a few reporters that have seen it, but um, not many. And I think what you mentioned, Jerry, and what I think everyone should understand is that basically these so-called cages are holding facilities. They have, from what I have seen, like the photos that I have seen, the fullest they've been under Biden. And so if we're going to talk about how bad the situation is, I mean, I don't think they were, I think they were people in those processing facilities, I think mainly in Texas uh, at the border, certainly during Trump's administration. But we all saw those pictures of like, I don't like those, those holding facilities being extremely overcrowded. And that was over, uh, you know, over President Biden. And so there's, again, I think this is why people are beginning to, and even have for kind of a while now, been, been skeptical of mainstream media. And I think that's totally fair because the narrative changes constantly. And like, as you mentioned, something that was a problem under one administration now isn't a problem anymore. And people see these photos for themselves. I know there was a uh, delegation of lawmakers, of Republican lawmakers that went down, I think most recently at the end of March. And one of them had taken photos of one of these facilities and gave them to someone in the media. That's where just regular people, you know, saw this overcrowding and were horrified. Um, and again, like, you know, these institutions, these holding facilities, they were around under President Obama and under President Trump and now under President Biden. And because President Biden basically rolled back everything President Trump did, you have this huge influx of people crossing over and these these places are overcrowded, I believe more than they've ever been. Um, and somehow that's not a problem. And I, I mean, the, it, the numbers were great under President Trump. They really had like become a much steadier uh, in the intake where the border patrol felt like they had everything under control and there were still people crossing over, but it wasn't the massive numbers, you know, over 178,000 that the border patrol uh, released yesterday or the day before. So we weren't seeing that and now we are. And now America is horrified and confused at what's happening, but the media is like, oh no, this isn't a problem for whatever reason. So yeah, the double standard, uh, I think people, regular people, Americans, uh, real Americans are starting to question that. So speaking of double standard, uh, we're, we're shut down, uh, breaking out a little bit because of COVID. Um, and obviously kids are had to, you know, some kids are still going remote from school work and, and all sorts of things everywhere you go, there's plastic barriers and everybody's concerned and lines and circles on the floor telling you where to stand, which I can't stand. But, um, but but there's there was a lot of talk about COVID coming from from the 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 border 
towns and people coming in and not being tested or, or being, um, being tested positive and then going out into the community. So again, it's, it's sort of this double standard that we got to shut down because COVID is so horrible, but yet they're releasing people, letting people come into the country who may have COVID. What did you, did you see that there too? Yeah. So Sheriff Daniels, the Sheriff of Cochise County, he'll be uh, his segment of this border series will be released in the coming two or three weeks. Uh, he had told us that a lot of times, as you mentioned, Jerry, these people aren't getting tested. I think the goal is to test them, but uh, it depends on the resources that the county has that these people end up coming into. So as you mentioned, yeah, a lot of times they're tested or not tested, or you know, they're positive or just not tested at all. They're going into the community. There's nothing that's done about that. And again, there's a double standard. And something else I'll mention uh, there's a news article about this that I had seen where uh, there were teachers that were being basically allowed into these migrant holding facilities teaching, you know, illegal immigrant students or children school, but then American citizens who haven't been in school for over a year, their schools are shut down, they're learning virtually, but the illegal immigrants' children are getting in-person classes. And so again, you know, we want to be a benevolent country, as you said, but when you have, you know, citizens of a country that can't even go to school, but then accommodations are being made for people who came into the country illegally. Again, that's where Americans start to scratch their head and say, hey, I think we need to, we need to address the situation. We need to do uh, something to fix this because it just doesn't make logical sense. I mean, we want to be benevolent, but it, yeah, I, it, people are starting to ask questions. Yeah. And you know, what, what people don't think about too, is the other reason it's speaking of, you know, you know, COVID or, or things like that is that back when, you know, immigration was uh, at its peak back in the early days from Europe, European uh, immigrants, where maybe your ancestors or mine came from, um, they had to be tested for various disease because many diseases that were eradicated in the United States weren't in other countries and we didn't want to bring them back in here. Right. I mean, it was a normal thing. There's that scene from uh, the Godfather part two, where uh, the little boy coming over a uh, little Vito, right. He was quarantined. I, I think he had smallpox or something and he was quarantined. And that's, that's just what they did to prevent uh, diseases that were eradicated here. Um, you know, so even outside of COVID, there's obviously the reason you need to have border security, border enforcement. Yet another reason is because of disease that other countries, third world countries could bring in here outside of COVID could be anything else. And uh, we need to do that. So, um, the, you know, so the last uh, thing um, before we finish is uh, catch and release. So uh, you had in that promo, you had that did Biden, um, um, reinstated catch and release. So explain that real quick and what the dangers are of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Trump had uh, basically stopped catch and release with, and now President Biden has reinstated it. And a lot of times uh, now under President Biden reinstating it, Im illegal immigrants that cross over are caught. And then if they're claiming, you know, credible fear, they're claiming asylum, then they're just released and basically never heard from again. And so under uh, President Trump, People would be apprehended, illegal immigrants would cross over, the Border Patrol would apprehend and detain them. Uh, they would be given a court date to show up in court for their case to be read out, to be discussed by the court. And then if their claim of credible fear of returning to their country was legitimate, then, then they would stay. And then if not, then they would be sent back to uh, their country of origin. 
Now, sometimes this program isn't perfect. Sometimes people wouldn't show up for their court date, which again, like they would have to be uh, followed up on by law enforcement, border patrol for that. But that was a way that the you know Trump administration tried uh, to streamline the situation to have people talk about their credible fear and why they were claiming asylum. And then if that was something that the court felt could be honored, then they could stay. Well, now under President Biden, that uh, has been totally stopped and people are just caught and then released and just into the country and really no questions asked. There's no court date. There's no conversation. And they're just caught and released, caught and released. And so people can basically come over and just say, I'm claiming asylum. There's no questions asked. They may not really be claiming asylum. They may be carrying drugs. They may be, you know, you know, trafficking children. They may be trafficking in women, which happens all the time. Uh, people, when the coyotes, which are you know, the drug smugglers are bringing people over, happens all the time. Um, they may have credible fear. I'm sure some of them definitely do. And, you know, those claims would be honored. But I think many times, they're just using that line because as Art Del Cueto said uh, in our trailer, he's the Western Region Vice President of the Border Patrol Council. They're just using that to come over and no questions are asked. And it's basically uh, their get out of jail free card, um, so to speak, where they're just saying, oh, I'm claiming asylum, therefore I should be here. And so um, that makes the number spike. And, you know, when you're ending, you know, pro when you're using catch and release and you're not asking those questions, the administration, they're not sending anyone back. So under Trump, if their asylum claims are not met, they would be sent back to their country of origin. So that's not happening anymore. So you're just having all these people coming over, uh, no court dates, no review of their case, and they're just staying here in the country. Yeah. And, and it's really policy that's, that should be done and is under Trump, or it was, and, and it's not anymore, that, that is in place to protect us to protect existing citizens, including recent legal immigrants who came here to escape things. Um, you know, it reminds me of the Muslim ban that, you know, the so-called Muslim ban, you know, all Trump was doing is saying, look, there are some of these countries that were designated by Obama that indicated that, that were concerns in the Middle East that were teaching hate America and also not cooperating with our ability to vet immigrants from those countries. So we had no ability to verify they weren't criminals or what their background was. And we have a right to say, wait, if this isn't going to work for us, this is not going to work, then we have a right to say no more, or you need to go back. So uh, this is all done for our benefit, those of us who live here and are trying to make a good life for ourselves. So uh, this was fantastic, Rachel. This is really great. You guys are doing great work. I, I know you mentioned it at the beginning where everyone can find um, uh, find this documentary series and find you as well, because you're a great reporter. Um, give us a quick up uh, review again on where everyone can find you and this um, this documentary. Sure. Well, you can follow The Daily Signal for now already. Follow us on Facebook. It's just The Daily Signal. On Twitter, it's at Daily Signal. Um, and DailySignal.com is our website. So be sure to uh, subscribe also to our email. If you go to DailySignal.com, you can subscribe to our daily email. You'll be sure not to miss uh, the upcoming documentary border series there. Um, and I'm on Twitter at LRachelDG. So uh, you can just uh, search that on Twitter at LRachelDG and you can find me and follow me uh, there as well if you're on Twitter. Excellent. Rachel Doug Widice. I love saying your last name, by the way. <laughs> uh, it might be Italian, isn't it? It you might know. be. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, um, Rachel Doug Widice of the Daily Signal. This has been great, great information on the border. 
Uh, unfortunately, the mainstream media doesn't do the work that they should. So if you're looking for um, accurate, truthful information on everything, um, go to the Daily Signal, follow Rachel. Um, you'll get all that great information. And uh, thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fides Podcast with Rachel Daguidice. Uh, from the Daily Signal. Uh, remember, uh, catch me in all of the the, uh, the, the podcast apps that are out there. Um, every, I'm on every app. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and on 7 p.m. on uh, Wednesdays, I'm on rightamericamedia.com. Um, that's for the video version of some of my podcasts. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. 